0: 80% of murder victims know their killer. The chances of you being murdered by a stranger are thankfully quite low, but they still happen. Why would a young man kill a complete stranger in a violent attack and hide their tracks only to walk into a police station and confess a few days later? He was not a suspect, had never been in trouble with the police, had no history of mental illness or being addicted to drugs, and in fact, was in with a good chance of becoming famous in his own right as a musician. This is the case of Cody Ackland, and this is Murder Me on Monday.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I am Cameron, and joined with me is Mother. Hello. It's not spooky season anymore, it's not spooktober, so it's not vampire, ghoulie, or... Weird man in bushes, dressed as skeleton.
0: No, not this week. So it's a big thank you, and welcome to our newest Patreon, Candy. We do appreciate you. It's it's a big thing for I, us. I
1: get messaged every single time we get a Patreon. You message with a picture, and then I and I usually then say something like, I didn't expect it to be named Candy or something. Which, is actually, that's quite seasonal, being yes. named Candy. Yes, coming into sense. Christmas, yeah. Before we did this, uh-huh. I, and by this I mean this recording, you said to me, you're going to be talking about something that's going to Trigger some memories to me and i said what the fuck because i don't know what that means you'll find out yeah i know i know i will but i don't know what that means and i thought was i a victim what happened
0: no you were the savior in this one this bit that, that i remembered huh. was it? yeah
1: i did good okay yeah you yeah, did we, good we, we, well i don't know what it is but we can tell that story carry on as you were
0: the research for this came from multiple news sources Um, They either repeat the same mistakes as spelling the victim's name wrongly or miss huge amounts of details out and there's no trial transcript available. But it's human nature to wonder about a motive. If it's not given or clear, we speculate. If the motive has been given, we will dissect it. We do not agree on the why, but sometimes we understand what drives someone to kill. Don't we, Cameron?
1: Yeah, much like in the Gabriel Coon case. We don't, yeah. we don't agree why he did it, but him being angry at games is why he did it.
0: Yes. So it's it's human nature.
1: I'll, I assume I'm going to do this, what, what you're saying now, what people are saying. I will probably question why. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So often we're stunned by the reasons behind the acts When there appears to be absolutely no reason, we struggle. Our brains naturally want to create reason and order from chaos. But we're going to struggle with this one. Let me take you to Plymouth on the coast of Devon in the southwest of England, roughly 190 miles from London, a port city with over 250,000 residents. Saturday, 20th of November, 2021, 6pm. It would have been cold and dark at 6pm when 18-year-old Bobby Anne McLeod walked to a bus stop four minutes from her house to catch a bus into the city centre to meet her boyfriend. Bobby Ann lived with her parents and brother and was looking at going to college and a typical ordinary young girl with normal dreams and aspirations. It's early evening and Bobby Ann had been seen waiting at the bus stop. Although Bobby Ann was 18, she was tiny, 4 foot 11, and would easily pass for someone much younger.
1: At 4 foot 11 and 18, she's going to be tiny she, she's almost a baby because she's so young, but she's so small. That's such a vulnerable little person. She's up to sort of my sternum. She's doll-like. Yeah. That's genuinely tiny. She's so, mm. so vulnerable.
0: Like. She should have gotten on the 623 bus, but she didn't. Cody Ackland had driven by, seen her, and parked up his red Ford Fiesta nearby. He walks up a path behind the bus shelter and attacked her with a hammer, hitting her over the head. He nonchalantly heads back to his car and looks back at Bobby Ann and realises she's still moving. He jumps into his car and heads back round to the bus stop, grabs up her tiny frame and stuffs her into his passenger footwell and takes off again. Cody drives out to a car park at a place called Belleva or Belleva Forest on Dartmoor. This is about an hour north of Plymouth. He drags her out of the car and Bobby Ann is alive and tells Cody she's scared. So he launches what is described as a frenzied attack, beating her face and head with his claw hammer. Once he is satisfied, she is dead. He put her body in the boot of his car and heads 25 miles south to a place called Bovisand, which is to the east of Plymouth and only eight miles from Bobby Ann's home. Where he stripped her of her clothes and some jewelry and dumped her body in the undergrowth down a steep slope and she came to rest about 15 foot down the bank. Cody then goes home to bed. This has all taken us up to no later than 9 pm.
1: And this is on a Saturday. Yes. So it's gone between six o'clock and nine o'clock on the Saturday. Yes doing anything that her boyfriend or family are going to be then doing because she was going to meet the boyfriend, so she's now obviously not there. And when was this? Last year,
0: 2021. Yeah, they're going to be in contact. She's yeah. going to be
1: using a phone. Yeah. I imagine well,
0: the... I, that's where I'm going with this. So, so sit na- on your na- hands. Now you've
1: said that, I, I assume that he's then taking her phone and is going to be messaging her as him. No, no. Him as her. No, okay.
0: sit on your hands.
1: What did he do for a job?
0: I'll get to that as oh, well.
1: Uh, fine. Right. What, why am I here? I'm here to ask the questions. if you're going to say it anyway. Okay, carry on.
0: Right. So the next day, Cody drove to the village of Tamerton Folio, six miles northwest of Plymouth, and threw the hammer into a river that has never been found and a carrier bag containing blood-stained clothing into some local allotments. Later on the Sunday, he went into Plymouth, had a pizza with a friend, went to the cinema attended a band practice and then drank into the early hours of Monday the 22nd of November he was said to be much happier than usual and only behaved like that normally when he was on stage when Bobby Ann doesn't turn up to meet her boyfriend she wasn't on that bus he contacts her family at nine o'clock who he gets on very well with they're all worried It's not like her and she isn't answering her phone and it's going straight to voicemail. They go looking for her and find nothing. Police are called. They discover a local man had stumbled across Bobby Ann's mobile phone and her AirPods case at the bus stop and he had given them to a bus driver who arrived at 7.23pm but both had assumed that someone had lost them. 11 o'clock at night, her brother is still frantically ringing her phone. It's off and the police can't track it, but suddenly it starts ringing, but there's no answer. By 3.45am on Sunday the 21st of November, the phone stops ringing, just goes to voicemail. Battery's probably flat. By 9pm on the Sunday, the police will have gotten some information from the phone company, as they then say that the phone is in Plymouth, but it wasn't on, but they couldn't tell where. And I thought to sell towels were better than that. But either way, it's at the bus depot, isn't it? That's where it is. They've taken it back to lost property. And nobody's sort of tied up because the phone's not on. Cameron, this is where I want to talk to you about something that you did once.
1: Is it me returning stuff I found? Yes. I've done it a couple of times.
0: Do you remember when you were a young lad at school, you came home on the bus one day and you'd found someone's phone? Yep, And you brought it into the where we lived, and I it wasn't locked, and I went through it, and I found mum.
1: Yeah, and we messaged mum saying we found...
0: No, mum. I rang it. Oh, Do you, you remember who she was?
1: Wasn't she worked for the police? Yes. Yeah. So we actually took it up... I was about 14.
0: We took it up to the police station, didn't we? Handed it back over to I, her.
1: I don't think I was there. I don't think I returned it. Yeah, you
0: did. You came with me. You did. You don't remember it, but you did. You came up with me. And then didn't she make her son meet you or something to say no, thank you. Um,
1: that was someone else. I found someone's wallet and I actually weirdly knew him. So I messaged him on Facebook and returned that wallet. So he met me there. But the guy whose phone it was, he I don't think he met me. Didn't, did they give me food? I felt, I felt like I got a celebrations or something. I felt, no. I felt like I got a thank you.
0: You're mixing the stories up there, surprisingly enough, because you're right, but not you. Your sibling lost a phone once when you were ice skating and we kept ringing it and eventually somebody picked it up they told us where they lived and they'd hand it back over. So we drove over to collect it and we took them a big box of celebrations as okay. a thank you yeah, for finding I'm the conflating phone. The stories. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's if you find a phone, you do the right thing, you hand it in. Which is Yeah. But I mean they handed it in the bus station. Nobody's twigged it. We understand these things happen. Search parties are set up and a massive police hunt is underway. Nobody has any clue what has happened or where she is, and they're all frantic and the family takes to Facebook. Monday, the 22nd of November, 10 30 am, the police put out a formal appeal for information and asked Bobby Ann to get in touch. A local schoolboy who had seen Bobby Ann waiting for the bus the night before found her AirPods on the path behind the bus stop on the Sunday morning and, knowing about the search, hands them into police. Tuesday, the 23rd of November. Cody left his job as a garage car valet around noon. He had earlier texted his bandmates saying, love you guys, and also messaged his mum writing, love you and love the children. Who the children were is never explained. They
1: could be his younger siblings or he has kids himself. If they say love the children to me, if he's telling that to his mum, that would mean they are his younger brother and sisters. That's the kind of thing that I would say if I had younger... The yeah, younger brother and sisters there's
0: never any mention in any of the reports whether he had any submission. and that
1: also sounds like a farewell letter as if you're gonna
0: yeah he also said well. he said he'd done something and then he walked into a plymouth police station around one thirty p.m to confess he told detectives i did it i was responsible for it and asked for a map and tells them where to find her what do we know about cody what we do know
1: is he looks exactly like Ben Barnes, the actor that was in Punisher. Check out Instagram because we're going to post pictures of him and I assume also Bobby Ann. Yeah. Or Google Ben Barnes and then Google Bobby Ann McLeod and you tell me that he doesn't look exactly like him and yeah. but, and you tell me that Bobby Ann doesn't look like a child almost. Mm. That's how I'm seeing it because she's so s- small and vulnerable that I'm not seeing it as, as him murdering a 16 year old.
0: 18 year old. So
1: an 18 year old soon to be woman. I'm seeing it as like an infant almost. Yeah. Like a a young teenager.
0: I think that's because she was so small and petite and it's a natural reaction to it. So Cody, his parents married in 1990 and he was born on the 1st of June 1997 in Paderborn, Germany, where his dad was stationed in the British Army. They moved back to England and his parents divorced but continued to live close by each other and Cody stayed with his mother. Now, I said there was no mention of any siblings. I couldn't find anything. He went on to attend a community college for a bit, but decided to concentrate on his up-and-coming musical career. He was the lead guitarist in a local indie rock band called Rakuda. He wrote all their songs and did the arrangements, and they were doing well. They had a cult following locally, and they did even appeared on their local TV stations. They took their name from a popular local bar. But I still wondered on its origins because it's an unusual word. It seems to be a Japanese word which translates to camel, which would make sense for a bar, wouldn't it? A watering hole? Not so much for a band, but anyway. His childhood actually tells a much bleaker picture, although he doesn't have any mental illnesses as such by the age of 7 he was diagnosed with what they described as special educational needs what they were are not clear but he seems to have first contemplated suicide by the age of 9
1: oh so he's got he has suicidal ideation then yeah okay
0: but he's also diagnosed with adhd dyslexia depression and anxiety and by the age of 19, had a seven-year depressive history. So I'm guessing the special educational needs is now dyslexia, because we've had this before. It wasn't classified as a learning disability, but it now is. So he didn't seem to have much of a relationship with his father either, describing him as cold. And he sa- said his parents didn't get him the help he needed when he was younger.
1: I'm just saying, can we, for a moment, can we just take a step back and draw the parallels?
0: Um, yeah.
1: I'm not dyslexic, but he's born in June as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's, yeah, 97, so he's he's only fractionally older than you. No, younger than he's you. He's younger than me. He's younger yeah. than you, yeah. Oh, God, that makes it even worse. Possible motive. Well, he tells the police he went out that night feeling wound up and needed to blow off some steam. He'd recently split with a girlfriend and was feeling down. Why he had the hammer in the car? Apparently, to bash out dents, you do not use a claw hammer for that, would you? More like a rubber mallet. i use a rubber mallet. Yeah, rubber mallet and maybe a piece of wood. If it's behind it, you hit the wood if you probably push it outwards. But a claw hammer?
1: Well, I got T-boned and it crushed in the side of my wheel. Yeah. And the uh, the um the wheel, wheel arch, arch around that. Well, I just had a bit of metal in it and bent it back out and you could barely tell it was there. Yeah. I so wouldn't use a hammer.
0: No, a claw hammer.
1: I, I had it written down here on my little notes. But why did he have a hammer? Because to me, that would lead to premeditation. You said that he went to blow some steam for breaking up with his girlfriend. People either get drunk, get high, maybe get into a fight at a bar or or just do something productive, potentially. He was
0: just wound up and frustrated and just had to get out of the house. Apparently, yep, cut-
1: again, that makes sense. But, but why lash out at someone else? Hmm. If he happened to harm his ex-girlfriend, that would have made more sense because he's angry at her. Obviously, it doesn't doesn't make any sense to... It's a disproportionate reaction, but to target a random person...
0: It seemed he had a type, because he said Bobby Ann did definitely bear a resemblance to his previous ex-girlfriend, but it seemed like he had a type that they all mashed in together. So he said it was... He said at different times it looked like a few ex-girlfriends, and Bobby Ann was like an amalgamation. Amalgamation, unfortunately. He then reveals he'd also tried to strangle Bobby Ann in his car before killing her and had stood on her throat to make sure she was dead. She was tiny, so that would have done it, wouldn't it? The police dash out to where he tells them he's left the body and find her with 14 wounds to her head and face. He was that violent she had to be identified by dental records. Now, I'm not any kind of psychologist or whatever, but that really does say rage to me. 14 and she has to be identified that way.
1: Well, it's like if someone gets stabbed 68 times in the chest. Yeah. That's hard to do. That That's beyond just normal anger, hatred towards the person. That's unbridled Hulk rage.
0: Calm down. I've seen pictures of this bus shelter, and it's a typical three-sided, clear, open one. It's well lit. It's on a main road, but the way the road is laid out, there is a drop on the left-hand side, and there's another small parallel like a lane where people just park up, presumably because they can't park on the main road for the houses that are opposite. But it's really, really well lit. If she had been stood there and another person had been with her, this would never have happened. It he wouldn't have he wouldn't have attacked it. somebody else would have been attacked. Has he ever
1: Yeah, if if she wasn't there and it was someone else, I'd probably for the description, they would have been Yeah. Attacked. It was just Bobby happened to be an amalgamation of his exes, I guess, and he's angry at Breaking up with his girlfriend and he's got these potential mental health issues.
0: It's weird and it's interesting what the judge says because so much is not available. Did you...
1: he ever explain how he got her in the car? Did he attack her and then get her in the car?
0: He he, She had her air Yeah, and,
1: and he hit her with the hammer and then...
0: Well, think about this. He looks like a strapping lad.
1: Yeah, I said a few podcasts ago that most people commit these crimes because it's it's repeated history that a lot of people do stuff, isn't it? Or they're they're stalking or they're a sexist, weird incel boy and they think, well, I'm angry at women, so I'm going to kill and assault women. But he's a a fairly attractive guy.
0: Yes, definitely. But it wouldn't have mattered if Bobby Ann had had... 10 years' experience of mixed martial arts and could take down a ball. You can't take
1: down a hammer to the back of the head. No. Exactly.
0: She had her AirPods in. She would not have hear him coming up behind her, so she wouldn't have turned round. If he, la- you get whacked in the back of the head with a hammer... You're going go down.
1: down. I'm, I'm going down, and I'm twice her size.
0: Yeah. 26th of November.
1: The reason why I was asking that is I'm, I'm trying to... I don't know, in my, in my head, I'm, I'm trying to think, could this have been prevented if someone was there? In my head, I'm, I'm trying to make this less emotionally damaging that this person was attacked, do you know?
0: Yeah, I think if a second person had been there, just another random person waiting for a bus, he wouldn't have stopped. I honestly did not believe he would have done that. I think he would have gone looking for For someone someone else. else. Yeah. Yeah. 26th of November, Cody is charged with murder and his band immediately announced that they're splitting up and put a picture of a candle in remembrance of Bobby Ann on their Facebook page. They're floored, absolutely shocked. None of them believed he could have done something like that. And then they'd only just released their first EP in the August and they were on the up. It must have been devastating to these chaps as well as they go, go on to say they would try and reform sometime in this year. And you can't blame them. Something similar happened with Lost Prophets, the Welsh rock band, where Ian Watkins, the lead singer, was sentenced for his horrific crimes in 2013. They were all paedophilic involved Babies, very, very young babies. He got 29 years in prison. That, what was remained of Lost Prophets, ended up going on forming a new band as well, but they've never had the same following or, or whatever that Lost Prophets had. It, it was an absolute shock. Ian Watkins was one of these ones who used his fame from the band to attract vulnerable women always with children. We've seen it with Gary Glitter. It's a well-known predatory type thing. So why Cody did this, he wasn't looking to use his fame from the band. It was Cody's rationale for doing this wasn't linked into the band, but he basically ruined his bandmate's possible career.
1: Yeah, he didn't have the notoriety that Ian Watkins would have had to get into places easily. Exactly. Or attract women. But,
0: but he was a really good looking lad, was Cody. And he w- they were on the up. They could have actually have gone the same way, you know, being a come in a big band. So he wasn't a predator in that sense, looking for victims that were in his sphere that he could manipulate. He just took a girl that out that was minding her own business. It's,
1: oh yeah, it's different. It's it's not comparable.
0: That's what I was saying. Going back to the beginning, trying to understand a motive, your brain's constantly trying to put the logic together, and there is none. So he pled guilty. So what comes out when he goes on trial on May the 20, in May twenty twenty two? It's regarding the mitigating part of the sentences because he could have gotten off with a lighter sentence theoretically. The police had found his trainers at his house with Bobby Ann's blood on them, so it wasn't just his confession and the fact that he told her where the body was. It turns out Bobby Ann had actually planned to catch an earlier bus, but couldn't find the trainers she'd wanted to wear. It was described in court as her sliding door moment. Luckily enough, when she was leaving the house, she told her father as she left, I love you. It's a small thing, but it's a big thing. The prosecution claimed Cody was leading a double life as he had a secret no one and I mean no one knew this they described it as a morbid interest in a significant number of serial killers from around the world particularly US killers mainly Ted Bundy who kidnapped and murdered young women which bore this similarity to Cody.
1: You're so aware of our audience.
0: Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I'm, They're I'm, the same. <laughs> oh, wait till you hear the rest of this. He had pictures of Bundy and the weapons he had used on his phone. Bundy was executed in 1989 after kidnapping, assaulting, murdering at least 30 women and girls during the 1970s. In the days and weeks leading up to Bobby Ann's death, Cody had searched the internet for information about serial killers' crimes, their aftermath. And the bodies that had been left behind. Investigators uncovered 3,216 images on Cody's phone. He had some memory on that phone. He had viewed and kept what they called extreme and graphic images of dead and dismembered bodies, purported murder victims, post-mortems, deposition sites and artefacts linked to murders such as weapons. They said Cody possessed images linked to serial killers and historic missing persons appeals by the US police. Investigators had found that from August to November 2021, so just before he kills Bobby Ann, Cody had looked for information about Ted Bundy, Golden State Killer Joseph Angelo Jr., Andre Chicadillo, Ivan Milat, Fred West... And they kept saying Tommy Sells. And I'm sat there going, Tommy Lynn Sells. Everybody puts the Lynn in his name so they get him right.
1: How many people listening to this now think, yeah, I've done that? Yeah. Just listening to those podcasts about him. I'm glad they those people
0: go through my computer and phone. I mean, I do delete photographs after I've posted them usually, but I've got a history of them. And I don't usually post yeah, them.
1: And we create content around it. It's, it's different than just having the curiosity and then act on it.
0: I know, but the, the prosecution didn't like this. <laughs> In the week before killing Bobby Ann, Cody carried out further searches for Ted Bundy, Fred West and Fred West's house. He also looked up Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento and Richard Chase bodies. The day before handing himself into the police, which is after he'd killed Bobby Ann, Cody also searched for Ed Kemper. Hmm. The prosecution also claimed that Cody had searched sportswear websites for such things as ski masks, waterproof clothing, and balaclava, and they said he was actively trying to replicate the actions of serial killers he was so fascinated by. Now, it's November. Looking for those sort of things, there's nothing wrong at that time of year looking for that type of clothing, but I can see why they added that together. They went on to say that, Cody will claim that he wasn't looking for somebody, anybody in particular. It was just a coincidence. He described his actions as an industrial way of thinking to get rid of a problem. He thought about taking Bobby Ann to hospital after the first assault.
1: No, wait. I know. He did that to fix a problem.
0: Yeah, well, he bashed her and then.
1: Oh, I thought you meant that the problem was he needed to kill someone.
0: No, yeah, no, no, but that's not. <sighs> no. It's it was
1: an industrial response to a problem. What is your problem? That you've,
0: you've, you're have you've not in prison? What do you mean? After he first hit, hit her, he thought about taking her to hospital, but instead, to use his expression, decided to dispose of her body. So he drives these 19 miles to the forest, arriving about 7.45pm. It was here he attacked her repeatedly with a hammer outside of the car before burning a handbag nearby, along with a few other items from the vehicle. Cody told the police he had gone into problem-solving mode, headed for the wooded lane at Bovisand and dumped Bobby Ann's body in the undergrowth, drove to his house in Plymouth and went to bed. The following morning, he claimed he asked himself what actually happened before going out for a pizza with his friend. He told the detectives that the killing was not on his mind because it was so out there and extreme. It was almost like a film or fantasy something that hadn't really happened. He told police he did not know how he felt about the murder, that it felt like somebody else had committed the crime, but he knew deep down it was him.
1: There was no substance involved in this? No. Okay.
0: Yeah. According to his defence, he said that Cody's obsession with images of murder victims had to be viewed through the prism of his troubled childhood and mental health struggles. And he goes on to say, apparently, the psychiatrists characterise it as a kind of self-harm, someone who has developed an addiction to seeking out material, going back to it again and again. Oh, dear. Cody described it as self-medicating. If he can shock himself, he might shock himself out of what he felt he had become capable of doing. The defence goes on to say, the psychiatrist describing how him as leading a sad and isolated life from a young age someone who is self-absorbed but not in a narcissistic way it was not self-love we are dealing with it was self-loathing he grew up to hate himself angry with the world angry with everything and he did at times seek assistance and help but it wasn't particularly forthcoming that defense went down like a lead balloon It gave the impression it was everybody else's fault and he only did what he did because he'd been let down. No one helped him. No mention of him not actually helping himself as an adult. There comes a point of being responsible for yourself, you would hope. On the 19th of May 2022, the judge sentenced Cody to 30 years and 190 days in prison. They told him that he would remain indefinitely a highly dangerous person, adding there is a strong possibility you may never be released from prison. He goes on to say and he says sentencing remarks. You were quite clearly planning murder and did murder. There were effectively four attempts to kill her. There was the initial attack at the bus stop, Cody trying to strangle Bobby Ann in his car, attacking her again with a hammer on the moor and standing on her throat. The judge says it was a prolonged, savage and merciless attack. It caused outrage and fear in this part of the country and rightly so, utterly motiveless. The judge said that it was believed that Bobby Ann probably lived for an hour and a half after the initial attack. The psychiatric report on Cody was described as disturbing reading and he spoke of how the murder had rid cody of his feelings of depression and that phrase alone chilled me he's not wired right is he
1: it could be just the sudden like surge of adrenaline and not knowing what's going on that it, it's overwhelmed his feeling of depression because he's clearly felt something that that's why he went and, and, and admitted his guilt and him having done the crime because they didn't suspect him why would they have so I, I think it's all these other feelings and emotions and, and possibly just, just this flood of chemicals that's, that's overwhelmed his feeling of depression.
0: His rationale for going and telling the police was rather interesting. As I said, the family had taken to Facebook. and his Facebook's not something I ever, I ever do. But he had seen all the posts. He had even reposted some of these pleas for Bobby Ann to either come forward or somebody to tell them something. And he said in the end that it was these posts begging for information that made him think he wanted to give her back to her family. But it was like said it was an afterthought, as if his solicitor had said, you need to show some kind of um remorse for doing what you've done. Why? It didn't. It was hollow.
1: I mean, why post the pictures? that someone's goading or you do feel retroactively guilty he said that he was someone in his fugue state and didn't remember doing it and he thought it was fake or, or he hadn't actually done it in his head
0: but he knew he'd done it yeah but, but he'd, he he'd...
1: he's trying to convince himself he didn't and then this yeah. like overwhelming feeling of guilt or whatever
0: yeah she was a complete stranger to him even though she lived only two and a half miles from his home police discovered that they had both attended the same high school but he was six years older and it's highly unlikely that they ever crossed paths they dug into his background and found nothing. No one who knew him could believe he had done this. And if he hadn't confessed, they would never. He was never been violent with anyone ever. A lot of the forensic pathologist reports were not reported on as the newspapers felt they were too distressing for the family. Although I will say there was never any evidence of any sexual assault. And he always denied that that was a motive, just in case anybody's wondering. Was he a serial killer in the making? I've no idea. It's absolutely possible, I guess. Especially as it's often said that once some killers get the first one done, the rest comes easy to them.
1: He's been in a state where he's capable of doing that. And and it's it's over seemingly nothing.
0: Yeah. Other friends got in his car the the day after he'd had Bobby Ann in his car.
1: Imagine how gross they feel.
0: Well, yes and no, because unfortunately for them... They said his car was basically a a, a skip with four wheels. It was always in a mess. So they never noticed any of the blood or anything else that was found
1: in in there.
0: And yeah, this is why everybody's absolutely astonished. I mean, there were obviously Bobby Ann's poor family were absolutely devastated. There was lots of threats in court towards Cody once he got sentenced, which you can absolutely understand. But I feel also sorry for anybody that knew him and thought he was a good lad.
1: They feel guilt. They feel some form of survivor's guilt or association yeah. guilt. Her boyfriend must feel horrible. Oh, he's
0: in a terrible state.
1: You your, 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 your partner, potentially someone you might love, don't know how long they've been together for, she was at the bus stop to meet him. Are you telling me he won't feel some guilt for that?
0: Oh, yeah, he does. He's, of I, of I, course I, he does. Yeah, I've not mentioned him or given any of his details because it's not his story. But the poor that poor lad, he was...
1: He's going to be in bits.
0: Yeah, so luckily, Bobby Ann's family and him are, you know, they're still close and they're still grieving together. But it's the complete and utter, there's no sense to this at all, in any way, shape or form. He would have been better off, you know, driving his flipping red Ford Fiesta off a cliff, wouldn't he?
1: Do you know why he drove her about?
0: To go and hide her. Well, to go and make sure he could... I don't know. Maybe he was talking to her and he's never admitted it.
1: Because you said that he'd driven her about for for a while to different different places. And then I guess in between certain points, that's when he tried to either strangle her and stand on the neck to make sure that she was dead. But I I just wondered why he drove her about. What is the purpose of that? Panic. Probably to, to seek a place to dispose of the body, which he did.
0: One of the horrible things that I didn't actually write down was he told the police that... They'd actually locked eyes after it hit her the first time and gone back and he locked eyes with her and he thought, this is really going down. And then when he did put her in his car and drove about and he assaulted her again and she said, you know, I'm scared and he said she didn't die and he thought, wow, you know, she's tough. It was like a sense of admiration and it was was almost twisted. Well, it was twisted. There's no other way of putting it. It's, yeah, it's
1: yeah. like saying, "Well done for being so yes. tough." Yes,
0: yeah, and you stood up to me. You've l- lived this long,
1: doing a good job, kiddo. Yeah.
0: And then, d- yeah. This is one of these cases that some people will have heard of, but most people won't have because
1: I—I I don't think I've heard of it. I said I recognised his face, but I think that's just because he looks, looks like, like Ben the Barnes, the actor, and he just—I thought, oh, he was in Punisher. That's anything that I can remember.
0: Yeah, I think I was. It was the band business. You know, made me read into this more, and I thought, oh, yeah, poor fellow. is lead guitarist
1: of a band. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he said he, he did all the songwriting and he did all the arrangements. And apparently, there are YouTube videos out there, but I wasn't going to.
1: Are there any interviews of him online?
0: No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of, no. I've not seen anything. All it is is news reports again, like they, the It's one, it's on a news desk, so it gets put out to all the newspapers and it yeah. sounds the same. So. And finally. The victim who should not be forgotten. Bobby Ann McLeod, aged 18.
1: And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. Why are you looking at me? Email. Podcast at... Gmail. At (laughs) gmail.com. Fuck. Where's that episode 84? How how have I forgotten it? Right, yeah. uh, Patreon. Patreon in the show notes below. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. I'm having a stroke. Bye.
0: Bye.